Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Cameron Black has been operating Gone Catch and Kite Guide Service since 04. Are you kidding me, Cameron? You can't have been guiding for 20 years already. Dude, they got my fourth Coast Guard renewal next year. I can't <laughs> believe it either. <laughs> You're an old salt, man. I kept thinking a year, you know, you're a young gun, but man, you uh you're you you got a little gray around the around the beard now, but that's uh that's born of experience and uh you know that that makes you the stick that you are, no question about it. Um transitioning out of steelhead, what are you looking forward to most this month? Springers or or, or Kokanee? I'm really looking forward to smallmouth bass. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we got spring <laughs> on the mind. Everybody's go everybody's thinking about it. They're getting caught, especially yesterday. It seemed like yesterday uh, we definitely heard and seen, you know, probably the most we're seeing. That's just going to continually just get better and better and better. So I'm um, still going to run steelhead another week, um, kind of try to stick to the kokanee stuff on the weekends. Um, today we're actually headed down to a, down to a sportsman show in Central Oregon. Do, our, do a couple things down there, but we'll be doing kokanee tomorrow and one more week of steelhead, then it's Springer's. Yeah, you and I were talking yesterday, and and we we all are kind of feeling that Springer vibe. And and I know guys like you who are just hardcore salmon fishermen. It's like, when do I go? When do I go? You know, and and uh, obviously I don't I don't get a lot of time. But when when will you probably move your operation down to the Columbia? So I I live right here, about two miles from my my favorite ramp to fish Springers on the lower Columbia. So I don't have to move anywhere right now. I'm moving for steelhead. Um, but my first scheduled day is going to be March 24th and not because, um, guys aren't going to be getting them beforehand, but like I said, we kind of string out the steelhead. I mean, it is kind of that funny thing because just be told our best steelheading is right now, uh, at least in our area for what, for our, you know, for our rivers and what we're seeing for numbers that continually gets better through March. A lot of our rivers shut down, next Thursday, um, then take a few days, hit some other ones and then go. So March 24th, is like my first day, but I'll, I'll probably get a day and sneak out for my own. <laughs> yeah. you know, a little bit. Oh, yeah. the, the urge will be there to go. Yeah. There's no question about it. Interesting set of water conditions this year. This has been one of the coolest February, March periods. Mountains have been absolutely hammered in snow, but yet the river, is pretty low, pretty clear right now. It could be good. It could be good quick, but we, we've got lower water temperatures. So how does that affect your game plan for maybe hitting the bottom of the Multnomah Channel, wherever you're going to start working the springers over, Cameron? So right now, like, I'm pretty surprised at how many fish we're hearing with that 38 and a half, 39 degree water. But pretty one cold. thing that happened kind of strange this year was the smelt kind of came in early hmm. And they were really there was a big there was a big ball and they stuck around for a few weeks and then they they kind of disappeared pretty quick and they didn't really usually they kind of show up when the you know we get a nice warm rain it's almost like the smelt knew that we weren't going to get it so they were 
they were thick as thieves there for a few weeks. Now that they've, they're kind of gone, you know, I think that really does affect a lot of that early spring Chinook fishing, or at least, um, you know, hearing about them in the numbers. You know, we catch these springers that have 10 smelt in their bellies. You know that the one right next to it was a little more full and didn't bite <laughs> your herring, right? So I think, like, I think it's going to be good. I'd, I'd rather fish 100,000 springers on conditions that we have right now than, you know, a half a million with just, you know, punched out mud, 15-foot-high Columbia water. So, like you said, I, I think it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a strong troll year. Um, you know, of course, one Pineapple Express. Oh, yeah, baby. Change all of that. So yeah, and, I think California is getting that right now. They are. They are getting that. And then I, I tend to look at the, you know, the, the 10, the, the 10 day forecasts, the, you know, the longer range stuff, you know, and, and, and the, the CPC, the climate, climate prediction center and Cameron, they're, they're talking about still maintaining this cool, spring and 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 you know there's going to be some rainfall on top of it but but i'm with you man as long as as long as the willamette doesn't blow mud on you i mean that's that could be a really good fishery and your your point about it being a strong troll year i mean you you have no choice if if you lose visibility you have to slow down your presentation that means you got to anchor that means you got to anchor on the Mm -hmm. side of the river and and i you like you i would rather be moving and chasing these things down. So, so what does your terminal gear look like? And uh, are are you are you a fish flash guy? Are you you running cut plugs? What do you what are you spinning as you as you're doing that downhill troll for springers? For me, it's it's triangles and and cut plug herring. Um, you know, and I'm gonna, and I'm going to say like I've you know down here the last few years like we really everyone's trying to trying to build a better mouth oh, trap. Yeah. So like. You know, for the years, for years, for like a lot of plastic baits, you know, spin fish, brads, the whole nine yards, doing spinner, whole body herrings. And last year, I kind of just said, you know what? I just need to go kind of basics, kind of back to OG yep. and just fish a cut plug. And sometimes with and without flashers and just, just fish a cut plug and just kind of rekindle my relationship <laughs> with the cut plug, right? And that's all I, he did. I love I that. Still remember, I still remember when, like, those dark green you know, fish flashes, oh, you know, yeah. popped up, you know, I think around about the time I started guiding or right, but maybe right beforehand and uh, just really concentrated on getting consistent cut plug fishing and had probably one of my strongest, you know, springer years I've had in a very, very long time. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick right back to the guns. There's lots of green label available this year. Um, so bait issues won't be a problem. Um, there's some really cool, you know, fully chrome dipped triangles out there and, and uh, some new, some new flashers and stuff, but I'm going to kind of go back to basic springers. Springers like to eat. So, um, you know, work on good troll technique, work, have good cut plugs, have good bait and uh, just, just come across them. That's all you got to do. It's such <laughs> a fun way to catch them too, man. I mean, once you get, if you get your cut plug system dialed, it's just, it's such, such a fun way to catch those springers. Um, let's talk a little bit about your kokanee fishing because that's another fishery where, you know, guys can go down there and bang their head against the wall trying to catch springers. There's little things that make, you know, the guy next to you better, right? Yes. Uh, same with kokanee. You have that fishery dialed. Talk a little bit about some of your favorite, um, like the, you know, your lures that you like for kokanee up on Merwin. So for me, the Merwin kokanee are kind of funny because. I mean, the basic setups for me are always like the Brad's Kokanee Dodger and then kind of whatever else they're biting. I know it sounds kind of silly, but like anything from like a small 
chrome and red cap spin and glow um, to like little um, uh, little hoochies with um, smile blades in front of them. Colors are kind of, you know, I kind of let the fish always tell me. I don't have like one dead mm-hmm. color, one dead lure. But I think in the wintertime, what you really got to kind of watch is you got to watch like the size of the presentation because we do have cool water up there too, but we have clear water. And as long as we have clear water, we'll have good fishing. Um, you know, the, the, the Merwin fish, they don't school up. They're broadcasted out. You got to be kind of like the Pied Piper. You got to kind of like throw around town, flash those flashers, draw them into you. Um, and as long as we maintain that good visibility, we're going to catch fish. As far as what they bite, like I said, it's really the size of the presentation that matters from like the tiniest of the tiniest to like the Brad's killer cup plug. Some days um, that is the most important thing than anything else. They're feeling feisty and things are real, real active. They'll run, um, you know, they'll run towards that, that kokanee cup plug and, and, uh, and bite those things kind of all day. But some days when they're just being wary and they're just being finicky and, you know, we got a front coming in, something's going on. Like, you know, they're kokanee, man. They can be, they can be jerks. Yeah. <laughs> so no question. The, the tiniest of tiniest, like spin and glow. Um, on there, uh, we'll get it done. Yeah, I, I, more I love that, man. Like that's a, <laughs> I, I do quite a bit of kokanee fishing around here, and guys get so crazy He's, with their. We call them kokanee Joe. With you know, with these very elaborate, you know, little lures and stuff, and it's like, man, that little tiny spin and glow, and they come in so many different colors. You could they have do. a whole box full of them, and it gives you a little bit of action. Those wings break up the water flowing over that thing. It's the vibration. Dude. Yeah, definitely. Brings, definitely brings them in. Makes that corn shake. Yeah. Makes that corn shake. And then what do what do you do? To your corn, obviously, everybody has their own special mix. Um, I know you, you're probably a pro cure guy, you're probably adding some of that in there. But what do you do to spice up your corn? So, for me, it's always corn and just tuna oil. Um, I do use some of the pro cure kokanee magic if I'm gonna fish like a day or two. Um, I kind of for me, it's more about like where I'm trolling, like in the lake, um, using my side scan. You, you can't really use your any down facing electronics. Um, but like I said, using my side scan, seeing those fish, because all our fish are on the surface. I don't know about like Stevens and some of those places up there, but our fish are like down five, 10 feet. And so, you know, boat goes over top of them. You don't see them on, you know, traditional, you know, down facing sonar. So you use the side scan, you kind of look around. So for me, it's more about like finding where the fish are every day. And every day is different or they're at the top end like, or they're at the bottom or the north side, south side, whatever, and finding those fish and then just staying on them. And eventually making a bite because a lot of these guys will go out there with these crazy kokanee systems and you know intricate lures and lures and beads and then they'll pick a bay of the lake and troll it all day but there might not have even been a kokanee in the dang thing the whole time yeah, you, and you gotta, switch out 50 times so you got, you got for fish. me it's more about like what's that you you, you said it you got to fish where the fish are man and, and keep moving until you have evidence that, that they're there rather than just grinding out in one spot in, in, in a lake is, you know, I, I love that aggressive style. Uh, Cameron Black joins us this morning from GoneCatching.com, but also you're one of the addicted fishing guys. Tell us a little bit how you got uh, how you got involved with Mar- Marlon the Fever and, and those bunch of guys. I We got a ton of respect for the, the whole addicted deal. So how, how did you get involved with addicted fishing, Cameron Black? Well, 10 years ago, Marlon stole my fishing spot. Uh, so I, I, love, I love telling that story. Was back in the back, back when we had, uh, back in the wobbler, not, I shouldn't say back in the wobbler fishing days. A lot of guys still fish wobblers for falls. Uh, I'd fish in a spot, 
they anchored next to me one day. We were having a good time. Everyone caught fish. Phenomenal day. We get out there at three o'clock in the morning to get my get my spot because that's before you know the whole three sixty trolling in the dead zone and everything. And looked down the river and I see lights. I'm like who in the world? And it was him again. I'm like what the heck, dude? And literally started there. Found out that he um, he was fishing a lot of the rivers I kind of grew up on. Started winter steelhead fishing and 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 <laughs> the rest is history kind of a thing. Like um, that was really where it came. Literally came from out there fishing on the river and stuff and. And now it's just turned into what it is, just just uh, quite a following, quite, yeah. a, quite, a, quite an adventure, I should say. That's a great story because that could have went the complete opposite went, way. Yeah. <laughs> You've been lobbing, right. lobbing sinkers at each other and stuff. <laughs> yeah. it's, all, it's always good to strike up a conversation rather than strike the angler yes, next yeah. to you. Yeah, Cam, Cameron Black, thanks for your time, buddy. We sincerely appreciate it. And, and, and don't be a stranger, dude. Keep in touch. We'll do, man. You guys have a good one. All right. Thanks, Cameron. We'll see you on the river, man. Yeah, Cameron Black, uh, gonecatching.com, and also uh, one of the addicted uh, stables of really sharp sticks, man. They uh – they, they did, again, do just do a killer job from instruction, product development, marketing, social media, the, the Killer whole thing. YouTube channel. Go yeah. check out some yeah. of their videos. You can get you can go down a rabbit hole real right. quick. For a long time, no question about it. Coming up next, critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report presented by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Your family's comfort has been our family's business for over 50 years. March Razor Clam digs at Mocrox and Copalis. WDFW Shellfish Managers announced Razor Clam digging reopens at Copalis Beach Friday, March 17th, followed by opportunities on the 19th, 21st. This edition of the Mocrox digs on Saturday, the 18th, the 20th, and the 22nd. These digs coincide with next weekend's Ocean Shores Razor Clam and Seafood Festival. Rain toxin levels in Long Beach Twin Harbor still too high for reopening. WDFW is hoping digging will return to one of those beaches before April. Clammers are reminded the day limits 15 clams or sorry to live regardless of size or condition. And each digger's clams must be kept in a separate container. Final approval of any remaining ten- tentative openings in March is dependent on marine toxin tests. So stay tuned and keep clam. The CQ blackmouth fishery hit its stride this week with 11 boats checked with 11 Chinook on Thursday. Good action was produced this week by small orange or red label herring or a raised bait anchovy behind a flasher. And other boats scored fish on spoons and hoochies also. Keep in mind that you have a shot at larger incoming early spring Chinook in the near shore waters, but the more numerous immature Chinook headed to the ocean will be found offshore under the birds on the bait in the deep water. Make sure you call ahead to Olson's Masons for moorage and accommodations. Chinook, uh, Chinook and Marine Area 5 CQ is scheduled to run through April 30th and is capped by 4,250 total sublegal encounter quota. Dave Dietrich from Adventure Angling in Tacoma says the Sea Run Cuddies are hammering chump fry in the South Sound right now. And Dave said if you're not fishing a chump fry pattern... You're not going to get bit. Bring various fry patterns in, in color combinations every day as the fish are going to hit a little something different depending on light conditions and the wind. Dave Dietrich says the low-pressure front we had last week killed the bite for a few days, but it's back on now. His advice, avoid the low-pressure fronts if you can. Otherwise, the chum fry will continue to churn out of the South Sound Cricks in big numbers for another month, making for some amazing sea-run cutthroat fishing. If you're looking to learn more about that fun sea-run cutthroat fishery in the South Sound, Give Dave a call at Adventure Angling in Tacoma. From Milwaukee to Nia Bay, leadhead jigs and baits are going down and rockfish and lingcod are coming up. Some of the CQ salmon fleet will definitely be headed west into Marine Area 4 today for lingcod and black rockfish after they get their Chinook. 
Meanwhile, the charter fleet out of Westport is gearing up to catch sand dabs and flounders for bait to run them down for, for a toothy lingcod inside the 300-foot line. If you, if you missed Ian Winder's informative complete rundown of that fishery back on March 4th, then hit the podcast at theoutdoorline.com. Lawsuit filed to bar Lorna Smith from the Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission. The Sportsman's Alliance has filed a lawsuit to bar anti-hunting commissioner Lorna Smith from the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife due to an ongoing violation of state law related to her concurrent position on the Jefferson County Planning Commission. And I quote, sadly, this violation is, is one example of how off the rails the Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission operates under the Inslee administration, said Todd Atkins, the vice president of governmental affairs at the Sportsman's Alliance. He continues on, we view this lawsuit as the initial step in a long but important process to bring sanity and decency back to wildlife decision-making in Washington. It starts here, but trust me, it will not end here. The animal extremists are going to see a lot of the same in the coming weeks and months, unquote. For more information, hit sportsmansalliance.org. Before our inside fisheries can be shaped and scheduled, the ocean fisheries have to be crafted, and that's what this week's Pacific Fisheries Management Council, Council meetings have been all about. This year's middle option and the option most likely to be adopted is 75,000 Chinook and 185,000 Coho, and that compares to 2022's 55,000 Chinook and 185,000 Coho. So we have about 20,000 more Chinook on the oceanic table this season. The Columbia River mouth and in-river in fisheries will be discussed on a public conference call Tuesday morning. To attend the Columbia River Fisheries discussion or the North, first North of Falcon meeting on Wednesday, hit the North of Falcon public meeting page on www.wa.gov. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Now through the end of March, save 20% on all heat pumps and air conditioners at bobsheating.com. So um, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Go jump on gofundme.com slash F slash no fair catches. Donate in memory of Joe Jarzinka, uh, UW great. Um, Brock Heward's joining us next to uh, talk to us about his former teammate. Tragically lost his life in the Salduck last weekend. Uh, also, come join us on the Peregrine Lodge trip on Father's Day weekend. That's Father's Day 6th, the 18th. Brock Heward joining us next to talk about both these things right here in the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Well, the fishing world locally here was no, 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 no less than shocked last weekend when we heard of the passing of Joe Jarzinka, who, uh, whose raft flipped over during down Tumbling Rapids. Joey, you know, between the two bridges there in the Salduck River. Yeah, yeah, totally sucks, dude. It's like, man... You know, I never met Joe, but kind of ran in um, with a group of guys who knew him well. And, you know, everybody said the guy was one of the nicest, greatest people they'd ever met. Just a just a good dude, you know. And if you look back at what he did for the Huskies, I I, I was watching a bunch of his highlights and, and reading some just reading some articles. And I, at one point, a coach said, uh, you know, Joe just didn't know he was too small to play. <laughs> that must have been it. Well, our, our dear friend and former teammate of Joe Jarzinka, Brock Heward, joining us now. And, and, and Brock, I, I, I want to say you guys hit the UW football program yeah. at the same time, same year? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, and I, I was fortunate to know him. And, Joey, that analysis is spot on, man. It totally sucks. Yeah. Totally sucks. And the texts that went around between former teammates and friends. And, you know, that's the one thing that tragedy does 
is it brings us together, uh, it, you know, and, and that certainly did um, when we all got that news. And, yeah, Tommy, Joey and I came in the same year. He was a walk-on. Uh, he had a hard pass. You know, walk-ons at that time did not have the same locker room uh, that we did as the scholarship players. They had to fight and scratch and claw for a rep uh, for any respect. And Joey, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, man, um, he gained it. Um, he gained it pretty darn quick because he was fearless, uh, because he loved to play. And you weren't about to tell him he was too small. You weren't about to tell him he was a walk-on. He was going to prove his spot, and boy, did he ever. And when he got that opportunity, uh, he absolutely crushed it, became beloved by his teammates, and, and certainly loved by the Husky community as well. Never called, never called a fair catch. And, never. And, 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 I mean, <laughs> never. you knew he was going to get lit up. Those gunners were hauling beating feet, booking down the field. He's got to call fair catch this time. He's got to call, no, nah, nope. never. Nope. Well, and this never is, did. it's a perfect example of, look, Joe was 5'7 and 175 pounds. He's playing with monsters, and his mental game was so much yep. better than a lot, of, a lot of guys. A lot of guys are, they're born like Brock. Big, strong, perfect genetics, just Super athletes, right? And Joe was this uh-huh. tiny little guy who yeah. went out there and just kicked butt, man. And, Very and it impressive. Doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that he loved the outdoors. Yeah, for sure. It didn't surprise me that that's where he gravitated towards after after football was done. That you know the the rush of of catching fish, the rush of hunting, the rush of being outdoors. He passed away doing something he absolutely adored, that he absolutely loved, that so many of your listeners this morning, as they're nodding along, they know. They know the rush that comes with being in creation and being outdoors and being a part of it, and then the hunt, and then the fish, and then the opportunity to, you know, to get after it. That was that was Joey, man. He was all adrenaline. He was all gas. He was no brakes. And he just went full speed at life. And so the tragedy of his passing also comes in the, with the tragedy of his employment situation being in something of a transition at the time. And his family finds himself now in, in, a, in a very difficult situation. So please go to GoFundMe slash F slash No Fair Catches. Donate in memory of Joe Jarzenka. It's just the best way to, to honor his memory and help out a family that's, that's, that's really that needs that type of help, that needs to feel the support of, of, of the community around itself right now, Brock. Yeah, and, and yeah, there's something I'd, I'm saying right now. I'd love to do that. I just can't. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what you can't. Yeah. I mean, just $5, just $10, just $20, whatever you can do. You don't have to make an enormous gift, and that's what's been cool. And I just jumped on that site yesterday to look at it and just the numbers of yeah. donations. And, um, you know, the financial support is absolutely impactful and, and will be necessary for Jennifer and the two kids. But I think what also stands out is just the total support when she and the boys and his boy and daughter and the family sees just the impact and the totality of everybody wanting to chip in, just whatever you can. If it's a dollar, if it's five dollars, it doesn't matter. But I know that they will feel that love and support as well. Amen. So, Brock, you and I got to share a wonderful time together. And, of course, Matthew was up there, too. In the Queen Charlotte Islands, a couple years ago, you you brought a dear friend of yours up there, and we got to see a little different part of creation. We got to see the west side mm-hmm. of the Queen Charlotte Islands, and now we get a return to this place up here with 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 Peregrine Lodge on on Father's Day weekend. And uh, 
you're going to catch halibut, and you don't even really need to have to fish for them. You can just we can yeah, just run you know, some salmon gear. You, you had me, you had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Jerry Maguire? I believe. Yeah, yeah I think so. Hello. Without question, yeah. Uh, wait, once Tom asks, uh, you know, it says anything about anywhere uh, to, to fish with you, I am always game to uh, to do the. Polar bear plunge with Maddie. I am always game, and yes, Matt, you will be doing the polar bear <laughs> plunge again. Um, and, and then, and then the fish an area we've not, and that would be the north end of those Queen Charlottes, and and just looking at the pictures of the lodge in that area, and knowing that helicopter trip into the lodge again. I, I don't think I have to. <laughs> I have to have a fish on the other end. I think I'd be good with hello in the helicopter, but then all the rest of it is just, you know, it's just, it's beautiful, man. So I can't, I can't wait to be a part of it. If you remember the last time we did that as well, um, we met Ric Flair. Well, oh, yeah. it kind of looked like Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but meeting your audience, man, meeting the people that are listening sure. right now. Exactly. You and Joey. Yes. Those are my kind. Those are my people. Yeah, I know they're your people, but they're also my people. And, and that's the joy of, of doing a trip like this too, is we get to connect in the, in just an awesome way. Now, Tom's been teasing that you're, you're bringing some special guest, and nobody mm. knows who it well, is. Well, he, Tom, yep. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were fighting over the opportunity to come. Uh-huh. Yes. So he, yeah. so, so we'll he, <laughs> he, he's already, he's already disqualified both of them for the behavior, right? <laughs> so, so, so now he, we were, uh, you, you, you're not ready to announce well, exactly who it is, are you? I'm I'm not quite ready. Maybe okay. we'll do that next weekend okay, or the weekend enough. after. I, I figure we can do this every Saturday. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, but, yeah. Without I, without question. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know. I don't know why not. I don't know if you got room in the show for me, but I would love to be a part of it. But I know KJ Wright told me he loved to fish, and I'd li- I'd love to do nothing more than to get KJ up there on some some halibut and uh, some chinook and, and everything else. So I will once that is solidified, I'll tweet it. I'll text it. I'll put it out there to the outdoor line, and we will nail it. I, I've already awesome. fed. I've already fed KJ some smoked salmon, so I've already. I've already greased the skids. Tom, Tom is that priming him. Yes. <laughs> it just well, you just got to get them dirty. You just got to feed them yeah. a little bit. So, uh, no stranger to the Seattle airwaves. Obviously, uh, Brock has been part of the Brock and Salk show for 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 a number of 14 years. years. Fourteen Four, years. Well, ex, ex, except for the year that Salk took off, right? And so yeah, and then I did a, and then we just did it via podcast for like a year right. and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair We're enough. Seeing all together. <laughs> so, so with all the stuff going on in the league right now, and the Geno Smith resigning, you got a chance to spend a little time with Coach Carroll this week, and uh, you know, you 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 asked him a couple questions about, you know, hey, Coach, I mean, how do you handle Richard Sherman's mouth and near and and Earl Thomas's middle finger and 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 Russell Wilson's human resource recommendations, <laughs> if you will, right? <laughs> uh, and and so, how you know what? Did, how did you phrase it to the coach? How did that work? Yeah, very similar to that, uh, Tom. Is you know there was a report just a couple of weeks ago that uh, that that Russ and his team, well, Russ wanted to be here. He, he did. I, I know that for a fact. Russ would have loved to sign another contract and end his here his career in Seattle, but but John and Pete and ultimately Jody Allen, you know, was not going to do that and knew that the time had come. Like it has, unfortunately, Father Time beats everybody in football, and for Richard and Earl and Cam, that meant moving on. For Russell, it meant moving on to a different place. So. Uh, and, and that came with, well, if I can't be here, then maybe we can get John and Pete fired and we can bring somebody in that wants me. And once again, the owner said, no, I think we're going to trade you. So, uh, yeah, I just asked Pete when I sat with Salk, how do you handle all of these 
you know, somewhat difficult challenges on the way out for these emotional players that in this case want you fired. How do you handle it with such grace? And I thought his answer was pretty tremendous. How well were you hang with your kids? You know, if your kids, however they handle life and they deal with their changes and their challenges, are you going to bag on those guys because, you know, and your, and your son or your daughter because they say something or do something or get together with the wrong person or take the wrong job or sell the wrong house or whatever, whatever it is, you know? I mean, if you love them, you love them, and you're going to look, look for them to come back around. And, and if you give them the chance by demonstrating your unconditional thought to them, maybe you can help them find that too. And what I'm, what I'm un, have uncovered in my time here is our guys come back and they come back to us strong and they come back to us with gratitude and appreciation and still an attitude, which I love, you know, <laughs> that's okay. And we don't have to agree on everything, you know, but we went through it together and when this is what happened and, you know, and we'll take what we got. These guys gave us everything they had and they willingly went for it in, in every way that they could as best as we could. And that to me, I will, how could I not hang with that? You know, that's all I need. I don't need nothing more than that. So, so is that telling us that Bobby Wagner's coming back, even though Bobby never, never badmouth Pete in any way, shape or form, nothing but a class act. But what do you see coming out of that? What's the, yeah. what's the implications of that? Who's coming back? Yeah, I, I think there, there's a lot of guys, right? Frank Clark was released by yeah. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Bobby was released by the Rams. Uh, Shaquille Griffin down in Jacksonville is going to be released by the Jaguars. I mean, there's there's a bunch of former Seahawks. There's a lot more Seahawks that would love to come back than they have room for and money for. So I think that that was making sure all those guys here, and they know it. They don't need to hear it on our radio show. They know it. And he's already reached out and talked and text with Bobby. And it'll just be a matter of does it work financially or some of those other guys Uh, because those players do go other spots and they realize, dang, we had it pretty good here, man. This coach really did genuinely want the best for us. And it's why he's been here for 12 years. I think going into his 13th year with John Schneider as well is they do legitimately care. They do legitimately invest. That's not just talk and, so uh, those players, a bunch of them that you just named, I think would all love to come back here and finish their careers as Seahawks. How that will fit financially and whether or not there's a role, well, that's what the next couple weeks is free agency and the new league year begins next week, we'll tell. Big inflection point for the for the franchise. One, right one of my favorite players, Bobby Wagner, and I, I don't know if this will influence his decision <laughs> or the, the Seahawks, but we have a spot for him on the sea beast. We do. We'll take him fishing. Yeah. Throw that out there. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, oh, okay. we're not giving up yeah. your seat on the sea beast. You can but, come too, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay. we're just, we can, you can, it's a plus one, if you will. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No question. Mm. Awesome. You know what I'm excited <laughs> about, Joey? Uh, I'm excited about uh, my, uh, my rifle, my shotgun. That's there what I'm excited about. Oh yeah. About. We got to get about getting my, my scope on my, gotta get on a, my rifle. Oh, okay. I'm excited. We got to talk to uh, Boardman of Vortex and get Brock a scope for his for his new six. I'm on it. All right, buddy. We're, we're we'll work that program. All right, come join Brock and I and and, and Matthew up at the Queen Charlotte's the sixth. Excuse me, June. 18th through the 21st is Father's Day weekend. Going to be an amazing fishing trip. Going to come back with a bunch, probably the biggest king of the year, and definitely a bunch of halibut. Because even though I've tried to keep Brock's, you know, keep the seafood flowing back there and some mm-hmm. to, to Colorado, you're, you're probably a little low on the whole omega three side of things. Yeah. Do yeah. they know what a bent rod is up there yet? Yes, they okay, do. I we... got to go. All right, love you guys. All right, Brock. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brock. <laughs> Take it easy. All right. Coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson's Really? Where? And it's next here in the Outdoor Line. Sales Sports Station 710 and Sales Sports app. 
No way. You gotta be kidding me. Really? Where? He's coming back. The island of Tinian Delady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. You, you gotta tell me. I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Ocean Journey Red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the entire Pacific Northwest. The all-new Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete lineup of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, Travel Trailers, Fifth Wheelers, Trailers, Pop-Up Campers, and so much more. Sell or consign your RV. With Roar Robinson RV, you're going to get the top in sales, service, and a smooth transaction. Roar Robinson RV, RoarRobinsonRV.com. Well, Mark Boardman checking in from Wisconsin, <laughs> sit, probably sitting in his office at Vortex, saying uh, he's oh, going to he's going to take care of Brock. So Good. we're going to get Brock. So. Well, it's all it's always great to get Brock on. I mean, you know, I, I mean, look at what we, you've done with we, Brock. We, we it's, it's been just phenomenal. Just messed him up, dude. Yeah, I'll never forget the first fish we we, we caught <laughs> together, and you know, here's here's this fine professional orator that loses the ability to speak with with a fish on. It was just mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. So. So no, hanging out with Brock's been been an absolutely fun ride, and and just what a wonderful, inspirational gentleman. And of course, you know he was the reason that that we became friends with Dory and everything else too. So yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it, no. it's, yeah just an absolute absolute wonderful guy. And, and and I hope you'll join us up at Peregrine Lodge because he's again such a fun guy to hang out with, and just an absolute rolodex of knowledge in that in that coconut of his with regard to college football and the NFL and he does you know ESPN college game day for a number of years now he's you know to the number 2 Fox broadcast team I would imagine it, it goes all the way down to like girls volleyball Oh it does you know yeah, I mean Brock, everything. Brock has yep. to be in tune with everything yep. in the sports world and, and and we just keep ramming fish into each one of those subcategories <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's that's so, so cool about it all right we have you got some opportunities on the table this week man and, and with every degree of temperature, there's more opportunities. And with every minute of daylight that we have in the evenings, there's there's more opportunity, buddy. And and, and so I mean, as soon as it lays down, we we get it. We get a decent forecast. We, you know, we probably make that make that run out to CQ. But you really don't need to go that far. You know, Dave Johnson's going to hit Kitsap Lake. He's going to hit Coconee Lake on the peninsula. But there's year-round lakes here on the west side in, in the Puget Sound oh. that we can we can hit too. Yeah, I, I was. Um... I'm I'm trapping on a piece of property out by my shop, and and uh, this old timer Vern, he was an old logger. Um, he's out on the lake any morning where it's nice and it's not just pouring down rain. He's out on Lake Rossiger, and I I was out on his property early. He was gone, and when I came back from trapping, he was there in his little boat, and he opened up the cooler, and he had his limit of fourteen to seventeen inch trout, and same thing, just like Dave said. Vern goes, oh, yeah, it's nice. I'm the only guy on the yeah. lake. Yeah. And he goes up there three days a week and catches his trout. And, and some days, you know, every once in a while you luck into a nice holdover that's, you know, two, three, four pounds. Well, and this is the time a year you're going to do that because when the hordes descend on the lake, I mean, they're going to suck all the, the larger holdovers over because the, the thing about the, the planted trout, they know how to eat on the surface, you know, the Oregon moist pellet that's broadcast in the ponds mm-hmm. and everything else. But those carryover trout, they become more predatory and use the lake's subtle currents and shorelines and stuff to obtain their food. And, and, and that's kind of where you come on 
with with a little Carrie special or a Doc Spratley or or a little what was Dave fishing? Dave was actually fishing a little plug. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's running some type of spoon or plug on one side, and yeah. then he's usually always got a fly on the other side, but. You notice most of these fish are being caught on the surface yeah. they're because they're, yeah. they're planted fish. So For even sure. those fish that are, have held over, they're used to feeding up on the surface, and then there's all these bugs and critters. And, and uh, you, man, this is the time of year where you catch big trout. And one thing Cameron Black alluded to we really didn't enlarge upon was the fact that those kokanee and surface-oriented trout – are fairly shy of surface disturbances and then will move out to the side of the boat, which is why you need to put your offerings way back there well, and if you know, you, in the 100-foot category. If you go watch some – he's got some great videos on kokanee fishing. Go watch some of Cameron's stuff. He's running his gear back, you know, 200 feet, yeah. way back yep. behind the boat, way back there. And when he's running, you know, he'll run surface rods and then yep. he'll run downrigger rods too, maybe – then, you know, 10 feet down, five feet down only. They're still staying on the surface, but he's running those back 100 feet behind the boat before he clips in. So in your mind's eye, picture your boat going through a very flat, calm, still lake. And as it moves through the water, there's there's just a random amount of fish underneath your boat. Fish don't like being underneath your boat, and so they will move off to the side for a while and then kind of forget why they did it, and then they'll kind of filter back in. If you keep your gear right behind the boat, you are getting a smaller, a lower density of fish behind the boat. But if you put it way back behind there, then those fish are going to start kind of grouping back on in. This is the reason why you see kokanee knuckleheads like our dear friend Austin, Austin Mosier running, running planer boards. Planer boards. You know, I, same thing. We, yes. we, and when you're fishing these super clear lakes, like Merwin right now is very clear. That water's clear. Those fish see the boat. They're going to slide out to the outside. And like you said, you know, they're going to slowly come back into the middle or they're going to be out to the side and they're going to see your gear out there and there's no boat around. They're going to slide in behind it and you're going to get them. Um, But if you don't want to go chase kokanee or trout and you want to catch some toothy critters, I'm pretty excited to hear. So our buddy Matt Chandler from Get Hooked Northwest, he's on the water right now. Um, so I, as soon as we get out of here, I'm going to be so he's him up. Ha- he's hanging at Olson's Masons. Yeah, and, and, and he's, he's trailering his boat out to Nia Bay and launching there. Oh, he is. Okay, it's gotcha. nice. No run in the boat. Oh, yeah, you no, just, dude, You can sure. troll out there, and, yeah. and you're right on top of I'm it. Just kinda, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering why, you know, you, you turn your back on a on a shot at some Chinook first thing in, you know, in the morning, what like that. But, yeah, it's a 20-mile run, dude. Mm-hmm. That's a 20-mile run. Any way you slice it, any way you look at it, and it's March, yeah. okay? It's not May, <laughs> so it's it's not warm out there. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. And and just and, and don't forget that not too long ago, in fact, a, a year ago, it it would it had just opened up. Mm-hmm. So running to Nia Bay really wasn't was not. Now we got to get Mikey. We got we got to get Mikey Blue Lawrence on the show here pretty quick too. Talk yeah. a little talk a little Nia Bay stuff. Maybe even next weekend because uh, like we said today is the coastal bottom fish opener. So you know if you have. <laughs> The guts, freeboard, and horsepower to get out over the Westport bar. You could have done it today. You know, it's one, you know, fifteen with gusts, and it's five feet at five seconds, and so it's that's a toughy, tough, bumpy run. The easier run would be, yeah, definitely just well, launching it at Nia Bay and then coming back east to some of that structure that's just right there, yeah, and, and it and holds if, lings. If it's, the it, weather's too lumpy to yeah. get out around Tatouche, you just stay in the inside. There's plenty. There's going to be plenty of. Ling cod and fish around, but I'll guarantee you on Monday, if we can get out 
to the outside, that's where we're gonna go. Yeah, oh, dude. So, so you're gonna hit the salt duck tomorrow, and then uh, and then a little bottom fish. Yep. Okay. I gotta drop off some bait out there. All right. End up in CQ mid day and then go just walk into a few spots on the sold up all right fish packets for the house next yeah, week here yeah. we go yeah no question about it love those asian fish packets and so the basic deal is you get a bok uh, laid out a piece of foil piece of bok choy okay i, I like rice. bok choy and carrots okay the carrots add a little bit more moisture in there and then rice in there yep then rice fish on top of that yep and then a little bit of that Japanese barbecue sauce. Or, or soy, soy and sesame. Sesame oil, garlic, no. ginger. Green onions. Yep, ginger. Green onions. Yeah, then you wrap that up. Um, the, the rice is already hot because you just cooked it, right? Slip it in the oven for like 10 minutes. Yeah, because all it, it's it just needs steam, to steam. Yeah. And, and the moisture in there steams that fish really fast. And you pull it out, and the fish is. It's nice and delicate, flaky. And, oh. um, and it just, you know, and then you plate it, and then you inhale it. It's just awesome. So for that and more recipe tips, tune in next week to the Outdoor <laughs> Line. Now, you missed any of the show? Jump on mynorthwest.com. Uh, download the uh, Seattle Sports app, or or download that Apple Podcast app. Uh, give us a follow on social media at Joey Pyburn on Instagram, at the Outdoor Line on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Come join us at Peregrine Lodge, uh, Brock Heward, and a guest to be named later. That's not going to be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning because they were, they were fighting over the opportunity to come. <laughs> no, he's going to make that announcement later this week. Uh, for Matt Nelson behind the glass, for Joey Pyburn right here, I'm Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.